0: You're listening to BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy.
2: Uh, Mm,
0: No, not that kind of fantasy. A little more nerdy, a little less sexy. I mean, is there any doubt that Superman wouldn't be the greatest fantasy baseball player in the world? That's the ticket. (laughs) right, BGN Radio, and it is time for another episode of This Week in Fantasy, and I am uh, joined by the most handsome man in the land, who's a little under the weather, but he's toughing it out anyway, from FF Toolbox, Mr. Tony Caselli. What's happening, buddy?
2: Uh, not too much. Just uh, got about 13 doses of Dayquil in yes. me, and we're going to see if, uh, if that's how I roll.
0: <laughs> so... Uh yeah the uh, if there's any delusional uh, fantasy advice we will warn you immediately but uh a man that uh, basically no needs no introduction but I'm going to give it to him anyway can hear him here regularly on BGN radio also uh 975 the fanatic and from com. Mr. James elzer what's happening pal?
1: John I've decided to take 13 doses of Nyquil just to counterbalance <laughs> what Tony has done so this right. should be interesting
0: well It'll be fun. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll open the bottle of whiskey and we can start getting crazy. Um, and speaking of crazy, the injuries uh, to our uh, big-time wide receivers are happening. Just breaking news now as we're recording this. Uh, A.J. Green was carted off the field. The speculation is that he's re-aggravated his toe. Uh, not a good sign. Also, Calvin Johnson with the high ankle sprain is still bothering him. Adam Schefter reporting that he definitely needs rest for it, so it's going to look like Uh, another week of waiting on these big two guys. Uh, But Tony, does that deter you from, you know, a long-term future with these guys that make you nervous? Or are you just going to kind of wait and see what happens with these guys?
2: Well, honestly, you know, I love this news. It it seems kind of strange. Obviously, you don't love that anybody's hurt. But, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen to you in fantasy football is having your superstar that you can never bench if he plays start play for two plays or come out as a decoy and do nothing for you uh so so it's much better to have them on the bench and to know that they're getting healthy and you have the opportunity to start somebody that can actually put up some points for you so i actually think that this is pretty good news for owners of calvin Johnson and uh, owners of AJ green just because you know i don't expect either of these to be long-term injuries uh they're going to be back for you in the middle of the season they're going to be back for you for your playoff push but in the meantime you can you know scour the wire and get some really solid receivers there's still a lot of them out there there um and and fill up your team and you're not going to have to worry about these guys coming out and just playing as a decoy you can happily have them on the bench and have a full starting roster this week
1: no i mean i get what tony's saying i i disagree a little bit in the sense that if you own a calvin johnson or an aj green you're pissed off that they're hurt (laughs) I, I i don't i mean yes i get it i agree with tony in the sense you don't want calvin johnson in the starting lineup and then goes out and, and has two catches for 12 yards because he's a decoy or, or he reaggravates the injury. But at the same time, I mean, if you spent a, a first or second round pick on either of these guys, which is what it would have taken to get them, you're pissed off. I'd be pissed off.
2: Yeah, yeah but the way I see it, uh, you've got you've got so many other people on your team and you're looking at your bench outscore your starters. You've got Brian Quick on your bench scoring 17 points. You've got Mohamed Sanu sitting on your bench uh, while A.J. Green does nothing or or while Calvin Johnson does nothing. And these guys have legitimate starting numbers. I mean, there are... You know, a lot of these teams have, you have four or five deep on your team that are scoring legitimate points. Uh, everybody's first rounders go out. That's, you know, just sort of the nature of the beast.
0: Well, one guy that finally got healthy and saw the field, uh, saw him a lot of three wide receiver sets. And I think they need him in, uh, in New York is Odell Beckham Jr., a guy that a lot of people liked going into the draft. He finally makes it on the field, scores his first NFL touchdown. James, what do you think for him long-term going forward here?
1: Yeah, I like Beckham a lot. He's incredibly talented. Um, you hear guys like Tom Coughlin talk about not be not having seen young guys with those type of hands before. Uh, his hands are incredible. He's explosive. I think the most important thing for that offense is he just adds a different dimension to that offense. They don't have a player like that. They don't have a guy who can simultaneously stretch the field while also catch the ball underneath and just is so explosive. Um, So I think he's going to be a big part of that offense. I think it's a new toy for Eli to play with, so to speak. And, um, I you know I just think that Beckham's a talented kid and I, I certainly think that look in his first game his first action of the season he gets what four catches forty four yards and a touchdown and he wasn't even really a full part of the game plan so I just see it increasing as the season goes on I, I don't know if he'll get to you know Kelvin Benjamin level of of rookie production but. I certainly think that Odell Beckham's worth owning.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's worth owning. He's, I mean, you know, he, he came into the league. He's expected to do good things. Uh, the coaches love him. There's no reason to think he's going to, you know, uh, not have a great year, obviously a hamstring injuries and, you know, uh, a big one, but they, they gave him the rest that he needed. They didn't rush him back out, which was really smart. And now he's got uh, some, some teams that give up some passing yards in Philadelphia and Dallas coming up, uh, you know, Definitely have him on your team. Might even get a chance to start with some of these other big names going out.
0: Yeah, it helps when your debut is against Atlanta for sure. Philadelphia, just like Tony said, is not much better. Same with Dallas. But um, I, yeah, aside from those three games, I don't know if he's going to be an automatic flex starter, third wide receiver. Uh, obviously, if you're in trouble, um, it, it's going to happen. But, you know, reoccurring hamstring injuries and all that other stuff. I, I still like him. Uh, I'm not sure how how big I am on him, despite how much I love him in real life. So that's obviously uh, worth owning, but uh, e- either way, I think it's it's safe to say if you're desperate for a wide receiver, definitely start this kid for the next three weeks. Uh, another guy that I'm not so sure to start about either, C.J. Spiller, as we move into the running backs here, uh, you know, between him and Fred Jackson, Fred Jackson is still outproducing him fantasy-wise. For the most part, he's outproducing him on the field alone. You know, Tone, are you sticking with Fred Jackson pretty much the whole way and looking for... A trade with CJ Spiller, or at least keeping him on the bench for this point?
2: Yeah, I, I don't see how I'm starting CJ Spiller unless unless I'm in big trouble. And, you know, hey, it happens. You end up in big trouble uh at certain points. But look, he he's he's a very well-owned player in the league. If there are people out there are willing to to give you something for him, I would take it. You know, he's had his touches, he's had, you know, he's had his Uh, uh, 62 attempts he's you know another 13 uh, receptions but he hasn't gotten in the end zone they're not looking for him they're looking for Fred Jackson a little bit more I just you know it's it seems like a very unlikely scenario that I'm going to be starting him now you know I don't know about Fred Jackson's health coming into this next game I think he's probably gonna play, but you know, his ankle's been bugging him a little bit. But Fred Jackson seems to be the guy right now. Yep. They're they're not they're not rushing the ball a ton, right? So so Jackson, you know, he's had 12 carries earlier in the season, 10, you know, last week. Nobody's getting a ton of carries there. They're both tough, you know, tough players to to have on your starting roster, but it's definitely Jackson right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't really have a ton more to add. I think that Spiller's probably the the more explosive player but i think fred jackson's just does everything else better right now
0: and one of the things that we got right during the preseason we were talking about him we you know we we saw the value of him being way too low and fred jackson is definitely the guy going for it granted both of these guys schedule isn't the greatest the next two games new england minnesota fine but then you know they're rolling off uh the jets and then they get kansas city after a bye, miami and then the jets and cleveland again so again i i don't think that he's there get you 10 guys uh or more um and uh, yeah fred jackson is is definitely the way to go moving forward and uh, speaking of running backs there have been just so many different shuffles so many different injuries rashad jennings gets the mcl sprain uh and uh, those things are pretty hard to come back from uh right away and it just seems to me that even if he does come back he's probably going to lose some of his step there so I know a lot of people have been talking about Andre Williams, James, and uh, a bunch of other waiver wire pickups here. Um, as we're going through the list, these these are pretty much our, our top targets. So Andre Williams, Ronnie Hillman, uh, Brandon Oliver, uh, Anton Smith. Uh, I I even threw in there Storm Johnson and uh, Chris Obinaya from uh, Carolina just because they're having desperate running back problems down there, but... As far as these guys go, or if you have anything more to add to that list, James, who are you targeting this week?
1: John, I actually think I would target them in the exact order that you you mentioned them. I think Andre Williams has to be the first grab. I think that Giants O-line is playing really well. Will Beatty has been phenomenal at the left tackle spot. They're, they're just playing really well. They've gelled over the last three weeks. And, and look, the Giants are committed to running the ball. They, they gave Rashad Jennings the ball. Uh, Andre Williams is going to get carries. He's going to be a big part of that offense. And it certainly looks like he can ex- succeed at least to a certain level. Uh, so a guy like that, I think it's my number one after that. Uh, it's close between Hillman and Oliver for that number two spot. I, I think I'd lean Hillman just because I think there's a little bit better chance of long-term success. I, I do think Ryan Matthews will be back in a couple weeks. Donald Brown, who knows with the concussion. Oliver seems more of like a scat back. I, I know he had that monster game this week coming in to fill in for Brown, but um, you know he doesn't seem like an every down kind of back, whereas theoretically if Hillman can take this job and run with it, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> he, he could be the guy there. I mean, Monty Ball, yes, he was a, what, a second or third round pick, but he, he hasn't shown anything. Monty Ball's done nothing to make me think that if, if someone grabs the reins of this job and runs with it, that that he's going to come back and they're just going to give the job back to him. So I, for that reason I'd go Hillman over Oliver, but I, I do like both, especially Oliver with a great, great matchup this week against Oakland. So uh, you know, obviously if you can get Oliver for this week and stick him in your lineup, I, I think that'd be a, a very positive move. But ultimately those are really the only three guys I'm very interested in obviously in deep, deep leagues, whether it's 16, 18 teams, um, you're going to look at the Storm Johnsons and the Obanias and the, the Antone Smiths of the world. But I think in your stand Ten to twelve team leagues; those guys are just on the the outskirts of what you want. And and Anton Smith, especially, I think he's probably the, the biggest name there. And um, he's just he seems like he's a a boomer bust kind of guy. You might get one of those seventy yard touchdown catch and runs or runs or whatever. But I, I definitely, unless Steven Jackson gets hurt, and even if he does, I don't know if you are going to be able to count count on Smith week to week. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm still kind of unsure on Ronnie Hillman too, um, only because he hasn't he hasn't really shown anything in the past. But Tony, I'm curious about your rankings here. Any of these guys differently that you're uh, targeting ahead of one another?
2: Yeah, I I think that you know, again, I, I, I sort of agree there with sort of the long term prospects of these guys and who's going to have a little bit uh, uh, more opportunity to shine. And, you know, so I really do like Williams. I think it's for me, it's a little more clear with Oliver over Hillman. I, I just feel like Oliver has shown a little bit more in his very, very limited amount of time. Uh, and I, I sort of disagree with the notion of him as being a scat back. I mean, I've heard some comparisons to MJD. He's a little bit thicker than your, your normal scat back, he tips over 200 pounds. Uh, so I think he can lower his head and, and actually be a three down back in this league so if he actually you know gets out there and does the things that uh, he did last week which obviously you can't expect every week uh, I think he can actually you know be be a useful commodity on your team for a while whereas Hillman you know it's sort of the exact same things that you guys were saying is he gonna be the guy has he shown anything can he hold on to the ball um, can he make people miss is he you know worth it I mean even CJ Anderson might steal some carries from him. I, I'm just not sold on Hillman yet. I do think he should be rostered, uh, but more as a wait and see kind of guy. Antone Smith, same sort of thing. Uh, you know, he'll have some boom and bust days where he's going to get out there and break one, but there's a lot of guys uh, carrying the ball down there in Atlanta. So I'm not entirely certain about Antone Smith either. Uh, as for your storms,
1: you he know, Storm Johnson.
2: Hey, he's, he sounds like he, he reminds me of Dallas Rains, our fearless weatherman in Los Angeles, the uh, same fantastic, fantastic name, but. You know, he's got 27 yards in the league, so I'm going to, you know, sit and wait a little bit to see to see what happens with Storm. I, I think the biggest problem there isn't, you know, uh, him not going to, you know, him not being given the opportunity to try and make something happen. I think they might actually do that with Gerhardt not producing. I think the biggest problem there is the same problem that Gerhardt's having is that there's nobody blocking for him, uh, and it's going to be very difficult to pick up rushing yards in Jacksonville this year.
0: Sure, I think those guys are uh, very for, for deep leagues, like the, I'm, I'm thinking, even even longer term, like if um, with, with Hillman and all those guys, I think that's a coin. Those are all coin flips down there. So if you can pick, if Hillman's gone, C.J. Anderson's not going to cost you anything. Wait and see for a week. And don't for forget
1: about Jawan Thompson too. He did score mm-hmm. a touchdown in the last game. They like him in pass protection from everything I'm hearing. Uh, and you know he he was an undrafted free agent, so obviously not necessarily a pedigree guy. But, uh, you know, he was active, and granted, it's probably because of special teams that he was active and C.J. Anderson was not. But still, you know, if, if he gets a chance to kind of take the reins, it's certainly possible that he could succeed.
0: Absolutely, and that's the same thing with, uh, with Storm Johnson and those guys there too is because I really do think they're moving away from Gerhardt, and, and the Gus bus has pretty much already declared that. it's was like, all right, we need to find out what's going on here and see if we actually have a running back here. Um, so, again, a bunch of coin flips down there. Hold on to them for a week or two. Just see if they build out and do anything. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on in Carolina. I probably wouldn't even waste a, a spot with uh, Obaniya, but only because it, it really is taken a, a Tolbert role, if anything, and I'm not exactly sure what else is going to happen there. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully with this stuff, sometimes you strike gold. This is one of those weeks to do it, especially if you're desperate for a running back. So, if you uh, if you are and you have the bench spots, take two or three of them and just and just see what happens as it pans out here. Uh,
1: and John, I just to just to add to that, just in case you're kind of wondering what guys I would drop to pick up these guys for for a guy like Andre Andre Williams, I'd be willing to drop anyone in that like twenty five to thirty five or, or later range. You know the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Joyke Bells of the world, the the Trent Richardson's, uh, uh, Darren Sproles. I would drop any of those guys for Andre Williams. Ooh, I don't know if I would drop Darren Sproles at this point, but uh, yeah. uh, in, in a non in a non PPR, I I probably would uh-huh. just for the upside and the chance that if Williams succeeds, they're going to keep him involved. They run the ball so much. Uh, I I probably would. It'd be a close one. That was the toughest of the three that I mentioned, but. You know, I I think I'd certainly consider it, especially if I needed to win now, uh, because I, I you know Andre Williams at least for the next two weeks before their bye, especially with Sproles on a bye next week, um, is going to be more valuable. I think. Sure, and even I'll
0: go as far as e- either or if you're if you're wide receiver heavy and there's a couple of guys hanging out on your bench, um, I would con I would do probably up to Michael Floyd right now, uh, honestly, because I don't uh, there, we don't know what's happening in Carolina that's pretty much uh, previewing what i'm going to say at the end of the show too but um yeah, that even a guy i would consider pierre thomas um uh dropping him as well for andre uh, williams just because of the workload that's going to come with that and he, i he, would
1: do it in a second yeah. i would i wouldn't I, I wouldn't even think twice about dropping pierre thomas for yeah. him
0: and uh, yeah like like i was saying the mcl sprain is going to take a while those things don't heal properly so he's still going to get plenty of carries regardless um and there is you know, I keep coming back to the streaming quarterback theory that <laughs> that is happening this year, and literally, I think you could have picked up just about anybody on the waiver wire and, with with a decent matchup and done just fine. Um, the guys on our list: Austin Davis, Brian Hoyer, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith. Um, I'll even say uh, Mike Glennon semi-hit uh, last week, as he you know did as about as average and and decent as he need to be. Same with guys with uh, maybe Kyle Orton and those things kind of picking up here. But um, Tone, I, I'm curious, so do you, any of these guys that you feel can, you can go forward with here and, and, and not even bother with the streaming, out of these guys, who are you most comfortable with?
2: Uh, well, you know, it's funny because, you know, obviously Austin Davis is the waiver wire darling this week, but he's got some really tough matchups coming up. So if you had him last week, Fantastic. You got a great performance out of him. I don't know that you're going to get the same performance out of Austin Davis in the next couple of weeks. He's got, listen, San Francisco, then Seattle, Kansas City, and then San Francisco again.
1: Oof. Uh,
2: <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna to be tough for him. I think he's a, a very talented quarterback, um, but he's one of those streaming guys. Wait until he's got the matchup options. Now Hoyer's got great matchups coming up: Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Oakland, Tampa Bay. And if he can keep playing the way he is, he can put up some solid, steady numbers for you. He's probably not gonna break the bank uh, each week and and put up monster numbers. But if you're in a position where you are doing this quarterback by committee sort of thing there's absolutely no reason you know why you shouldn't have him he's never scored less than you know uh 14 or 15 fantasy points this year and he's occasionally done really really well uh like last week when he had three touchdowns i think the next three or four weeks with hoyer actually going to be pretty good um you know and if you just want somebody who's uh you know slow and steady wins the race then then smith is your guy obviously you know he doesn't make too many mistakes he's absolutely the least exciting quarterback you can have on your team, but he can, you know, give you 15 points a week and you don't have to worry about those points. They will always be there. So, you know, yeah, if you if you missed out on the, you know, first five or six guys because you wait like a lot of us do and then your guys end up getting hurt, I think there's, there's perfectly uh, legitimate quarterbacks that you can find on the waiver wire and you can switch them up every week and you don't have to feel bad about dropping them. You know, nobody... Nobody uh, agonizes over dropping Austin Davis. It's just something that doesn't happen yet. Um, I will say though, um, you mentioned Kyle Orton. Um, nobody at the end of this year will say, "I won the championship in my league because I had Kyle Orton on my team." <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that's going to be a thing that's said.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be a, a, a superstar or anything. But again, I think he could be one of those steady guys. I haven't really checked the rest of his uh, schedule here, but I, I, I don't think it's. It's not too bad. Um, Probably not a guy I'm going to hold on to. But again, in the streaming category, when it's available, I don't think it's going to be too bad
2: here. I bang on Kyle Orton because I do have a special place (laughs) in my heart for him.
0: Uh, we all we all know that you do, sir. but uh, yeah, James, are you feeling the same way about Brian Hoyer? Are you uh, you know you feeling Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins here?
1: Yeah, it's a shame. Tony and I are way way too on the same page today. It's it's less fun. Uh, yeah, I like Hoyer the most out of those guys. I think really because when you look at that schedule, I mean, if you're willing to jump week to week, then it, you're really just going to look at the matchups like. You know, I think Joe Flacco's out there in a ton of leagues. I like him better than Hoyer this week. He's going up against Tampa Bay. Even though Flacco has been terrible on the road, you figure that's a matchup he could take advantage of. But if you're looking at a guy you can kind of grab and and hope they're going to continue to have this positive success, I think Hoyer's definitely the guy just based on the matchups. Based on the way that offense is rolling right now, based on the fact that their offensive line is turning into one of the better lines in the league right now. So uh, yeah, I think Hoyer is the guy I like the most. I like Davis's upside. I think that the Rams are going to be out of a lot of games and have to throw Uh, So I think that's something you always like to see in a fantasy quarterback. So I'm not as down on Davis just because of the schedule. I think the schedule might facilitate him having to put the ball in the air a little bit more. Um, So I do like Davis as well. Like you said about Glenn, and I I think it's a great point. I think there are a lot of these, uh, you know, from the uh, 15 to 25 range of quarterbacks in terms of rankings each week where you're going to see it one to two to three of those guys be in the top five, to top 10 on a weekly basis. And, you know, it's going to be figuring out which one of those guys is going to be the right one each week because it, it won't be the same guy every week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting strategy. I think it's playing out very well this year. I think this year is a nice uh, boon for people who, who promote this strategy. Um, but it, as it, worked, far, it worked last year, too. I just want to
0: point out, too. There was a lot of different. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm
1: sure I'm sure it did. I'm sure it it, it You know, I'm, I'm I'm, coming around to it, John. Look, yeah. I, I think you're still happy if you've got Peyton Manning and he just put up, you know, whatever it was, 40-something for points for you. I think you're still soaked. But, uh, yeah, this is it, it certainly seems like you can take advantage of a lot of these lower-tier quarterbacks who have good matchups and who have just have to throw the ball a lot and put up points.
0: Here's what I'm going to tell you, and I and I agree with the guys. I think Hoyer is the overall guy that you can feel comfortable with going forward here and warm up the oven grandma because there's a fresh one coming out if you're a drew Briggs owner right now sell him sell him immediately whatever whatever running back whatever wide receiver tight end issues you have sell him right now go with brian hoyer for the rest of the year Whoa! and i guarantee <laughs> you i guarantee you that you will become out better in the end if you do it right now you guys are all going to mock me and say this, but listen to me just for just a second. Off the bye week, Detroit, Green Bay, Carolina, San Francisco, Baltimore. San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Baltimore are all on the road. That team is trepid, and it's going to fall into a horrible loop. And trust me on this one, sell Drew B's right now. I'm not saying he's going to do bad, but he's not going to do any different than Brian Hoyer going through this. Wow,
1: go right Johnny, now. Johnny, my my eyebrows just got burned off that take was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I still believe in Breeze. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I get it. That team is, is Listen, very... Uh, you're, you're very, the very thing, right? John. He's you, all you,
0: stacked, stacked right next to everybody right now. He's stacked to everybody right now. It's not going to change this year, guys.
2: Jimmy Graham's hurt. Let's help, the, let's help the people out there in the world who are listening to John lose his mind. Oh, it, it's, it's important not, it's not to know... No, no. I I hear what you're saying, and I think I understand what you're saying. What you're saying is, get something for Drew Brees. Get something very good using his name recognition. And the fact that he's only failed to hit 300 yards twice this year, uh, 370 yards a game. He's not, yeah, he's not the Drew Brees of old, but... But look, you're still going to want something for him. I mean, no, you're, you're cool. going to need a lot for him. I mean, I'm talking a starting caliber running back, uh, somebody who's starting caliber receiver. Or if you really think you're stacked, maybe you trade draft picks in your league and you can go ahead and trade yep. next year's, uh, you know, third round draft pick for a quarterback like this. Then then I'm totally down with it. But, But make sure you get something. He's not a bum. He's still going to be one of the top quarterbacks this year and he's going to still finish way ahead of brian hoyer at the end
0: well no that's what i'm saying right now well see that's where you and i uh, might we might disagree on that um but but 50 points minimum i think he well maybe but i'm saying you can make up those points and probably overcome overall on your fantasy squad if you do sell him high right now the time to sell him is right now into this bye week before it gets into this thing I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback and it's going to completely fall off and Brian Hoying's going to have a massive amount of fantasy points. I'm saying you can maintain what you're doing and even get a better at positions that you need to right now. And there's a ton of other – I'm not just saying with Brian Hoyer either. Whatever's on your waiver wire of the guys we just mentioned, I think if you, Alex Smith is out there, that's worth taking the risk to get Alex Smith to have him quarterback there and just go through and find the best skill positions that you need on Drew Brees, because I really don't think he's going to finish out in the top, uh, you know, five, six, seven, whatever it is. But one guy that might, and pretty exciting and momentous uh, a Monday night football game they pulled off, Mr. Russell Wilson. Holy cow, did he have a game. Um, is is he in consideration now, James, of being a top five quarterback?
1: It's crazy to say, but yeah, I, I think he is. I don't really know how you put him outside that. I, you know, maybe top six. I look, all right. So you got Manning and Luck as my top two. I think that, and Rogers. Excuse me. I think those three are, are clearly top three. And then you probably got to stick Phil Rivers at four, right? After that, I mean, I, I think it's probably Russell. I, you know, you get the Matt Ryan's of the world, the Stafford's color whoever you want to throw in there i i think i take russell wilson over all those guys his his headiness his ability to not turn the ball over his ability to tuck it down and run when he needs to Uh, you know those running yards are just so crucial when you're you're in a fantasy matchup especially if you're doing the standard scoring and passing touchdowns are only four points it it really makes up a big difference between quarterbacks so yeah I, i think I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dallas, uh, St. Louis, Carolina, Oakland, New York, uh, Kansas City, some pretty favorable matchups there. Do you think you can really capitalize on that, uh, Tone?
2: Yeah, you can absolutely capitalize on it. I You know, I, I think what I like about Wilson the most is his consistency, right? A lot of these quarterbacks have a lot of ups and downs. This guy is Mr. Consistent. He's got one pick on the year so far. You know, one pick. Two touchdowns every game that he's played, uh, you know, with through you know with his arm, uh, with his legs, he's gotten a little more. Particularly last week, I, I don't know if I've got him in the top five. I remembered watching him in the preseason uh, and watching him just annihilate the Bears and say this guy looks really good, and he definitely went up my board after that. But he didn't quite make it in the top five, and I don't think he's in my top five yet. Um, you know, I, I could be, you know, I could be turned around on that if he can continue to have games like that where he's actually using his legs. Uh, to get another, you know, like over 100 yards last week, but if he's getting, you know, over 50 yards a week running the ball, he'll definitely be in the top five. Right now, I've got him a little bit outside of that, probably at a six or seven. After, like you were saying, Rogers, Breeze, Rivers. Is, I'm sorry, Breeze is still ahead of Wilson. Yeah, I, I forgot.
1: I forgot about Breeze. That's a good. That's a good point. I. I... He's close. I think him and rivers for me, sorry to interrupt there are are, are in that five, six range and it could go either way. I agree. I think I, I I still have breeze in my top four there. Go ahead. The
2: bottom line. Yeah. But the bottom line is I love him. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the bottom line is he's outstanding and he's playing really well and he's playing better and he's playing smart football and he never, he'll never cost you the game. You'll never say, Oh, Wilson, you know, you know, laid a turd for me, and now I lost this week. It's not gonna happen. He's always gonna be consistent. He's always gonna have at least a decent game with the opportunity to have a fantastic game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it just um, it really it really pisses me off that Philadelphia could have him. <laughs> Honestly, if if you t- if you don't know this story, Russell Wilson apparently texted Howie Roseman or somebody during the draft and said, "Let's go win a Super Bowl together," and um, you know. Hi, Nick Foles. Anyway, uh, the um, the other guys that uh, have made a, a triumphant bounce back is those New England Patriots. We talked about them last week, and uh, a lot of us were worried about it. Um, ESPN made a mockery of, you know, is Tom Brady done? Is this the end? And, uh, you know, he comes out and, again, on national television says, not so fast, my friend, against uh, what we thought was a really good uh, Cincinnati team. And, you know, he puts up almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Tony is is Tom Brady now back. I hate to <laughs> kind of siphon in on all those storylines, but do you feel really comfortable that this is this is the kind of game that he needed to kind of uh, ramp things up here?
2: Well, I do think that this is probably the game that's a little bit more indicative of what he's going to do, rather than two weeks ago uh, when he had the two picks and you know 150 yards or so. Uh, look, I mean, most of this is generated by by you know ESPN and NFL Network. They just you know they they get a little excited. Tom Brady has a bad game when when we love to see our superstars. You know falter and then you know we pounce on it so there were hours upon hours of media coverage of tom brady's done it's the jimmy garoppolo season now and you know (laughs) in all this stuff they were just you know they pounced on it right away and then immediately backtracked as fast as they possibly could the whole thing was dizzying and obnoxious he's fine i mean look i still have him ranked outside of my top 10 quarterbacks and i'm probably gonna have him well outside of my top 10 quarterbacks for the rest of the season uh unless he has a fantastic matchup i really Don't have a ton of faith that he's going to produce the fantasy numbers that I, you know, want out of my quarterback week in and week out. That being said, the Patriots aren't a bad team and he's not a bad quarterback and he's not a bad fantasy quarterback. They're just going to have a little bit more troubles this year because their offensive line where after they bizarrely traded away an offensive lineman for a tight end that they never use. uh, Their offensive line is struggling a little bit. He's going to be on his back a little bit more. His receivers are struggling to get open. Uh, It you know, and they can't throw a deep ball anymore. So, so am I sold on him being, you know, right back in my good graces and starting every week? No, absolutely not. Do I think it's, you know, the demise and the resurgence like a Phoenix? No, I don't think it's that either. I just think it was a bad game followed by a decent game.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the same wavelength there. I, I just, uh, I personally, I don't really want to own Tom Brady in fantasy right now. I think that um, you're going to have those weeks where they run the ball a lot. You're going to have those weeks where the team just isn't good enough. Uh, You know, you're going to have a lot of 10 and, and seven and eight point performances. I really believe that. I just don't think that Tom Brady is the focal point of that offense, at least from a fantasy perspective. I just don't see them, you know, gashing teams through the air. Um, you know, he had about as good a game as he could have, uh, against Cincinnati and, and, you know, two touchdowns, 292 yards, nice, better could add another touchdown. Uh, but I- I'm just not crazy about that, that offense really for fantasy. I-, I think Tony made a great point. I think the biggest reason why they were struggling so much was the offensive line was a complete disaster through four weeks for the first time all season in week five. They looked like the line that we expected to see coming into the season, so I think the progression of that offensive line is going to be a big factor in how many fantasy points we see out of New England this year, but Ultimately, I just don't think New England, you know, honestly, I think other than that defense, which seems like it plays aggressive, it has a knack for turnovers. Uh, I think the defense is going to find a way to put up points for, from a fantasy perspective, but otherwise I'm just not really that. I mean, obviously I'm not saying I'd rather have the New England defense and Tom Brady or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that in terms of comparatively to the to the positions they go against, you know, and other defenses versus other quarterbacks versus other running backs. I think that New England offense is, is really going to be a, a not an unexciting fantasy offense for the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: I think it's just going to be an up and down type of type of thing, and it's going to be really hard to kind of pick and choose. And I know we were giving advice to somebody last week of uh, Flacco or Brady, and we <laughs> were
1: like, "Oh, of go course. Flacco!" Yeah, and then. And then
0: you know, Tom Brady erupts. We're into, like,
1: no brainer. It's no obviously brainer. like, why'd you even ask us? What are
0: you, uh, crazy. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. And then that so,
1: Sorry, fella. Sorry. When I, <laughs> I, I don't remember the name, but I feel real bad about it. I
0: do t- I do too. But uh, hopefully we'll correct uh, correct with some as we'll take all your questions on Sunday for all your sit and start lineups. Uh, you can always just do uh, at BGN underscore Twiff on uh, Twitter and well, we'll obviously send a beacon out just to remind you of that fact. But uh, wrapping things up here, guys, it's time for the happy trails, the guys that we just want to send send off into the sun and reclaim somebody else on our fantasy roster just to, uh, you know, because it, it's it's just time. And I'd like to start things off by saying happy trails to you, Mr. Michael Floyd. Look, I, I'm a humongous Logan Thomas fan, uh, but he is a developmental project. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, what the timetable is for Carlson Palmer, I can't wait around anymore. I mean, the, the, throwing him out there is has just been uh, a, a not a, a great venture this year. So I'm going to welcome back into the ranch Mr. Justin Hunter. I know it's Tennessee. I know they really don't have a quarterback, but at least they have somebody that can throw a ball, whether it's Charlie Whitehurst or Jake Locker, who ends up being in there. He was on the field for 98% of the time. I think he's going to stay there. He's getting more action and more targets than Kendall Wright. Um, and I I just like him as your third wide receiver flex going forward, if you're desperate for one, because it's not looking good. So happy trails, Mr. Michael Floyd. James, who are we saying happy trails too?
1: Uh, I, I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position. It's a guy I own on a couple teams, and I, I expected a lot from, but, uh, I mean, he hasn't even been as good as Michael Floyd, and that's Cordero Patterson. <laughs> I, I still think he's super talented. <laughs> yeah, I still think he's super talented. I, yeah, I, think, super talented. I, I think that if – they ever found a way to get him the ball. He certainly has all the upside in the world, but it just looks like he's not a part of that offense. It looks like they're not finding ways to get him in space. Uh, You know, I I don't know what else to say. I I just can't own him anymore. I just dropped him in one league. Uh, I'm probably going to drop him in the other. So um, I'm going to say happy trails to Cordero Patterson. And uh, as far as welcoming goes, uh, I don't want to do a guy we already talked about. I probably would have gone Odell Beckham Jr. there. I think he is going to have some talent, some moving forward. But um, how about Ruben Randall? I, I know he's owned in a lot of leagues, but for the leagues he isn't. he is a, He's a part of that offense. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going heavy on the Giants wide receivers here, but it does seem like they're picking up that that Ben McAdoo system. Uh, it seems like they're going to spread the ball around. Different people are going to be involved each week, and, and it seems like if nothing else, Randall's a possession guy who they can count on. He had eight catches last week. Uh, they look for him in the red zone. So, yeah, I I certainly would rather own Ruben Randall than Cordero Patterson right now. I mean, he's
0: finally paying off after all that time. I thought that was just such a dead bust when I had that in the preseason, but that's finally starting to come around. And just like you said, plenty of targets. Uh, now, who we say in happy trails to, Tone?
2: Well, uh, this is a sort of an indication of how we should spend a little time discussing these things we talk about. Obviously, it's Cordero Patterson. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Clearly, that is who I uh, thought of dropping. Uh, honestly, there's, there's more than that, though, thankfully. Uh, as I was uh, going through my own teams and dealing with uh, some tight end woes, Uh, I'm looking at the Washington tight end situation. All of these very talented guys, none of them can stay healthy. I, I think that if you can get some people that you can count on week in and week out, you go ahead and you say goodbye to Niles Paul with his concussion and then poor performance last week. And if you've been holding on to Jordan Reed for a while, well, you know, God bless you, because he's certainly talented, but he's also got one catch this year, and nobody has any idea when he's going to be coming back. So so keep an eye on whether he's going to come back if it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Get rid of all of Washington tight ends. Maybe you can go get Logan Paulson, but I wouldn't count on him being the, the guy. So who I would add? Well, another tight end we might as well stay there is Owen Daniels. Uh, Look, if you're in trouble at tight end because of these, you know, uh, all of these injuries going around with everybody from Vernon Davis to the Washington guys to to Pitta to Rudolph to anybody that you could have owned that's gotten hurt. Take a look at Owen Daniels in Baltimore. Uh, He's averaged a couple, uh, I'm sorry, six targets uh, for the last couple of weeks in a row. It looks like he's going to be a part of this offense. We know Flacco likes his tight ends. Uh, and they got Tampa Bay this week so why not take a take a stab at Owen Daniels this week
0: i'd also just uh, throw real in
1: real quick johnny johnny just before uh uh, in related to what Tony says, if it with the Washington tight ends, I agree with him. But if there is clarity, if we do get some sort of idea, uh, their matchups the next three weeks, Arizona, Tennessee and Dallas, Dallas is worst in the league against tight ends in terms of fantasy points. Uh, Tennessee is top 10 and Arizona is top 13. So uh, some good matchups for the tight ends. If they can find a way to either get Reed out or know that it's just going to be Paul or whatever. Yeah,
2: just keep an eye on every moment, then. Then just be watching and listening, and uh, uh, you know if they do need to stay on your team or you're keeping one of those guys, make sure that you're watching on Sunday morning, Saturday night. Look at those injury reports, find out if they're going to be there because because they are not often in there.
0: And uh, we've been talking about the Patriots. I don't know if they're going to keep sticking with that two tight end set. Tim Wright, the guy that they traded for. Uh, I had a pretty nice uh, breakout game, but again, that's that's more of a wait-and-see. I don't think you go chase the points there. It's going to change from week to week, just like we were saying, so I, I am actually more comfortable with uh, uh, going with Owen Daniels if he's around.
1: One last thing to remember with that, John, great point, but uh, we all remember that Patriots offense has been known to be able to support two tight ends in fantasy. So don't be shocked if they start to integrate right. Maybe he's starting to learn the system a little better. Brady had great things to say about him after that game last week. So, um, you know, the, 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 we saw him do some things in Tampa too. So you know he's at least athletic and can make some plays, which, you know, it, it could be something
0: moving on. Yeah, worth the waiver claim. Just not. I'm just saying not worth the start. I should clarify that. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely look out for that and look out for more as we move right along into week six it's uh it's a bunch of different uh awesome games that are coming up and um it's almost sad that we're almost at the halfway point of the nfl season it's moving by too quick i gotta it go it with- does
1: johnny it always <laughs> does <laughs> but uh, i hope uh everyone had
0: a great time today and uh for james zeltzer for uh, mr tony casali for myself john barchard i thank you so much for listening to this week in fantasy right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. you've been listening to this week in fantasy Fueled by Duncan Philly.